Welcome to the Once Blind Podcast, your host, Carlos. Welcome back, welcome back. You guys already know this is Once Blind Podcast. Today's topic, Judas, Judas. Sure, there's plenty of other ways to say his name, but we are talking about the betrayer. But we're not going to focus on what a majority of people focus on, and it's Judas the betrayer, Judas and the silver, Judas betrays with a kiss. We will cover some of that because the betrayal is important. But see, the story of Judas, and I say the story because of his story, is very, very important. And I think a lot of people miss how it it shows itself so prevalent in today's church. You see, because if I say, hey guys, let's think of Judas, let's let's ponder Judas, we start looking outside of the church. We start looking to our neighbors, to to people at work, to people we know, people from the back, and by the back I mean the past. We think of just betrayers. Judas was around for a while. You know, when we first hear of Judas, we know that Jesus is choosing him. We see a lot of things. And now, this all came in, in, in thought process this morning. And not that I haven't thought this before. I don't want anyone to think, oh, new revelation. That's not what I'm saying here. But today... And going through devotions, and I'm doing it in chronological order this year, the topic for the last couple of days was the Last Supper and the betrayal of Jesus and Judas being the guy. But I was paying attention to certain things, and it kind of made me go back and thought process of how when he was first picked as a disciple, there was the warning there the one that would betray him. In the beginning of one of the Gospels, you also hear Judas, the one that will betray him, the one that will betray him. As in now that these guys are writing back from memory, they're saying, well, this Judas is from betrayal, right? So it's kind of mind-boggling, right, that they're looking back and they're writing these things down. But as they are remembering things and they're writing them down, there were multiple signs of Judas that the disciples missed. There were plenty of comments that were preceding the betrayal that Jesus was making about Judas going to betray him, about his character. Judas was a thief. Judas was stealing from the money that was given to that ministry. And it's so many things that when we think of Judas, is that before he even betrayed, the signs that Jesus gave to show his disciples, Judas is the betrayer. He said, hey, the guy that dips his hand in the bread with me, he is the betrayer. He told them he was a betrayer when he was washing them. He said to them all that, they, that none of them would leave their hand except for the one that was predestined to do the betrayal. He told him, go, you son of the devil or devil or whatever it is. I don't remember this point right now, and I didn't want to bring the Bible and make this really, really long and read it all out. But I'm sure you guys can fact check this. So, told him, go. Go do what you must. Go do what you want to do. And the disciples still thought, oh, he's probably going to go do something good and give money to the poor or something. When the woman that is not named in the Bible poured the oil and his thought process was we could use that money to give to the poor or to other people. Jesus said the poor you will have forever but me you have for a little bit longer. Yet it was also mentioned in one of the gospels how he wasn't really caring about the poor. It's that he missed an opportunity to pick at some more money because he was taking out of the money changing. Uh, the money changers, he was taking from the, the pot that they had for their ministry. And 
numerous times before the Last Supper, it is mentioned Judas is going to betray him. Judas, the one who's going to betray. Judas this and Judas that. And the things about Judas's character that were off. And the disciples didn't catch on to it till they had to look back. And here's where I kind of want to conversate with you guys. I don't want to talk about those outside of the church because they don't know any better. Their moral conscience isn't governed by one who's morally good because only God is good. So, and the standard of good. So now, I want you guys, being that this is about spiritual abuse, I want you to realize, are we being Judases? You know, how many people look like a disciple, but do they live as a disciple when those brethren aren't watching? And the facts of the matter are, no. No. There's plenty of people that all of a sudden get caught out there. Uh, pastors, in, in the last decades, I, decade, well, I mean, you could add S's to that too, but for my case in point, no need for the S. I'm talking about just in the last 10 years of Christianity that I've been involved in with pastors that I've been involved with. So I'm not even talking about those outside of the circle you know, the stuff that we've been finding out, uh, the one pastor recently who was having an inappropriate uh, relationship with a woman over the computer, not even about him. I knew a pastor personally, uh, met him a couple times, went to a couple pastor's conferences that he was at, real funny guy. Everyone thought he was upstanding, had one of the best, biggest, whatever, fanciest churches. I mean, next to Joel Osteen type stuff. Yet he was uh, watching inappropriate movies with uh, an inappropriate age level in there, if you get what I'm saying, so that they don't take this off. <laughs> he could have been hanging out with Hollywood. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, um, I'm sorry. I have very dark humor, and if I don't laugh, I cry. Because it's that disturbing. A man who other pastors would look up to and say, what a great man he is. Look how God is working through him because of the big building and it was flashy and it was gold and the campus and the this and the that and the, all this great stuff. Look how God's working through him while right underneath your notes is not only him, but other men in his staff also. And now a majority of, of people already watch adult movies that are men, right? That's one of the biggest struggles men have. I've been years of ministry, and I never understood what the deal was. But as I went through ministry, I kind of understood a little bit of what was going on mentally, physically, in their marriages, in their lives, you know, before they were married. It's kind of why Paul says that if you're going to burn from your desire, it's better to get married. So in that case, that I understand. But when you cross a certain level into a certain age category, I don't understand that. And what Judas-type behavior is that? Because no one knew except his wife, and she never spoke up. Just like Judas. Just like Judas. Walking amongst the 12, the elite, just like Judas, putting on a good show for those. But just like Judas could not trick Jesus, just like Judas could not hide forever, neither could this man. Other pastors, whether cheating on their wives, cheating on this, cheating on that, uh, I know that some people say, oh, well, you know, cheating on taxes isn't against the law. Well, when you claim to be an upright Christian pastor, you're supposed to submit to the authorities so that, you know, you're the example to us. Taxes are a part of that authority. 
you as a pastor shouldn't be cheating at those. You know, lying to, I know other pastors that will lie to the, I guess the board that they're under, like certain churches have a, a certain name and the way they run that specific brand, right? I'm going to call it a brand, is that you got to do it a certain way. There are certain pastors who want to be under that label, want to continue to collect money from that label because some of them will pay you to be under them, like to be a part of them, to share their name. So here, you get the name, you get this, and we'll also help you. We'll pay you for the first couple of years as long as you follow yada, yada, yada. And they'll lie and say, yada, I'm doing yada, I'm doing yada, I'm doing yada. But they're not. And they have no interest in doing it. They just want to make sure that they have income for their pockets. So all these things are going on. Judas is everywhere. You see, and, and the reason they're more of Judas is because supposedly they believe in Christ which means that they're trying to align their lives or live under the moral authority of God, who is good. I mean, let's just go to money. The root of all evil. I, I keep hearing, like, in a couple uh, of these videos that people put out, if, the, if, if money is the root of all evil, then why do churches ask for it? Well, that's not where I'm going with this. Because, see... Uh, the uh, couldn't speak for a second. The Levites, they didn't have possessions. They didn't have anything. They would serve the people, and the people in return would take care of their needs and what they needed. I didn't say wanted. I didn't say extra. I didn't say bribe. The idea was is that they would serve, and their need would be taken care of. Well, listen, today there's light bills. There's this bills. There's that bills. There's all these extra things, right, that go into it. Then you have staff. You have certain things. So you got to pay them. And I mean, you don't pay your light. They cut it off. So there is the need for still the body, right, of, of the church to take care of these things. And by the body, I'm not talking about one specific building. But let's just say for that specific building, those that are attending there to help out, so that the light stays on, so so on and so forth stays on. I, I am a true believer that pastors should work and make their own income. And you know what? If they're going to be working at the church six days a week, then fine. They should have a salary, which, again, it's got to come from somewhere. But now we don't, as a church, need to ask for it because we believe that if, if God sends, God provides. That's definitely a Calvary Chapel saying. Okay, and and it's something that other churches and other organizations and dominations and nominations and blah blah blahations and all those stations will talk about. You know, they they especially say that when they don't want to share whatever it is that their church is making. But there is a need. I don't believe that you need to ask for it because if there's not enough, then maybe God's not in it. Because the Bible does say that the sparrows won't go hungry. The grass, who dresses it? You know, who feeds it? Who makes it rise and die and move on and regrow and so on? If God takes care of all those things out there, how much would he take care of you, being that you're more important than those things? So, though I'm not agreeing with that video, I do see that, they abuse it. And pastors who are asking for money, money for this and money for that and money for this. And then they take that money and they start paying their own salary to a multiple. I mean, I knew pastors that were making 150000 200000 Like, your church... It's basically paying you to live, yet you haven't upgraded anything. You're paying the bare minimum. There's certain ministries that, that you want to, to come forward, and instead of taking out of that big, large, long sum that you're putting in your pocket, you're 
begging for them to pay for it. Well, if you want it, you got to provide for it. Shoot, I knew personally a pastor who would pay himself and then pay his wife the equal amount, and his wife was barely at the church. But that's how he got to, you know, take home a couple hundred thousand. Well, hundred thousand and some change at the time. Judas. Because while the people around, like in Judas's day, the disciples didn't know what was going on. The disciples didn't know. Jesus knew. And for you Judases that have been doing that for years in your churches, uh, you know, everyone, when, when it comes to money, wants to throw Creffle Dollar out there and so on and so forth and Olstein and all these people. No, we know that those guys are fleecing the flock. We know that. They're doing it obviously. You know, I don't know if it was a joke or if it was a fact, but uh, Creffle Dollar wanted to put those those uh, carousels that you'd have to put your tithe into in order to be allowed to go into the church. Because he felt that if you were going to the church and not tithing, that you were robbing from God. <laughs> no, you were fleecing the flock. <laughs> you were robbing God. But I also heard, hey, he repented and he said that he knows what he did was wrong and so on and so forth. So that's between him and God. But how many of these pastors are still digging into the church fund to fill their pockets? And though the church may not know, though some of the elders that know are too afraid to lose their position so they won't say nothing. But you're digging your hand into the money pot, sticking it in your pocket, just like Judas. And though those that are around you may not know or are ignoring it, Jesus knows. So do you see where I'm going with this? Like, we have so many Judases around us. And, and we, we want to judge the world and judge the world and judge the world and say what they are. But in reality, they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. We need to look within us. We need to look within the church so that we can fix these problems. But we got to be honest with ourselves. We got to be able to admit these things to ourselves. Well, I've never betrayed Jesus. Yeah, but you know what? Jesus says if, if you do something to the less of these, right, the little ones, he was probably talking about the children there. It says if you were doing it to him. You know, if you mess with his disciples, it's messing with him, right? Well, what, what did he say to Paul? Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, hey, why are you killing the disciples? He said, why are you persecuting me? Paul responds with, Lord, Lord, I've never done anything towards you. You've been killing my people. Me, that's me, my people, me. So you're stealing from your congregants. Judas, you're betraying Jesus. Same principle. And you see, as you go, and, and you're, I'm, I'm, I'm reading through everything in Judas, and I'm thinking of everything. I'm up to the point now, he's at the table, he's eating. There is such intimacy when brethren get together to eat, to share a meal. Right? Jesus washes their feet. He even washed Judas's feet. So here, here's the thing. You need to serve one another. That's the example of washing feet. Like if Jesus is willing to do the lowest of the lowest job for his brethren, right, as he called them, for his disciples, we're not above serving each other. But notice, even in that, that Judas got his feet washed, but he was also told Right? And even he let it go whoop over his head. I know you're going to betray me. I still served you. So when you're looking around and, and you're noticing that, hey, 
This is Judas-like behavior. It doesn't mean make yourself better than them. It's, we, we should never see Judas and be like, at least I'm not him. Right? Because Jesus gave us a parable, and he says, a tax collector and a high priest or a religious man, right? The religious man prays, oh, God, thank you for, you know, this and that, and at least I'm not like this tax collector, while the tax collector is saying, I am a sinner. Save me, mercy, me, I, I, I'm nothing. So the idea when, you, when you're looking around yourself and you see all these people betraying Jesus, they're not betraying you, they're betraying Jesus. There is no need for you to take it personal. You continue to serve, but now you don't allow them to abuse you. You call it out, and you say what you have to say. But also don't make yourself feel a, a sense of I'm better than you because I'm not you. No, you're, you're, you're also a sinner. And see, the thing with Judas is, is that he betrayed the perfect one, Christ. We betray each other. And you notice that I, I say we because there is not one person who is perfect except for Jesus. But we betray each other all the time, especially here in America. It's, it's just human nature for some particular reason, especially in this country, for us to sit around and smile at each other and say, brother, I love you. Brother, I'm there for you. You, you, you bring joy to my life. The brother has to move at the end of the month. He's got nobody to help him. Oh, brother, man, this Saturday? Oh, brother, no, this Saturday? Oh, bro, um, woo, yeah, no, no, I, I, I can't be there. No, 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 I, you know, I hurt my back, like, you know, like 10 years ago, and, like, Every time someone says the word move, oh, oh, oh you know, sorry. <laughs> now, I, 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 it's funny, but it's not funny. I, I, it, I've had people who were going to help me move, and, you know, they showed up at the end with the last couple boxes. And then they went around telling everybody that they helped me move. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> I did four trucks that day. Filled, emptied. Filled, emptied. You came and took two boxes out of my truck. <laughs> Anyways. But I can't say that there's been a time that I've dodged helping someone move. Because I have. Years ago. I mean, no one asked me now because I'm old. <laughs> no. But in my youth, and especially being young in the Lord... You know, I, I'm a mechanic. Someone needed help. I didn't feel like helping them. Not because there wasn't anything for me. It's because I wanted to be lazy. Just didn't want to do it. You know, there's certain ways that, that I could have served others, especially when I was a young Christian. I just came to the Lord, and a lot of the me is still dying off. I, I, I'm not perfect. There's plenty of things that I have to repent from. But as I grew in my relationship with Christ, and I started realizing that, no, no, though people may say, oh, I see this in you or whatever the deal may be, that's all good and dandy. But I am learning from Christ that I need to wash feet. No matter what the job is, if I can not go out of my way, not take food out of my children's mouths because that's my first ministry, not take time away from my wife if I'm not giving her adequate timing, you know, if I'm not serving my wife, if I'm not serving my children, don't take away from them. But with my time, I can serve. Do I choose not to? Or do I pick and choose who I want to help? Because one brother is 
better than the other brother, and the other brother's better than the other brother. And I like that brother because he's got a pool at his house. Yes, I've seen that too. So the idea is, is and again, I'm, I'm being inclusive with me in this, but I, I don't think I have to say it even though I'm going to say it. Actually, he'll say it. If you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. Because guess what? I'm pretty sure if we all search within ourselves, we're not going to find good. <laughs> Though we may lie to ourselves about it, we're going to find all those times that we had Judas-like behavior. And though you might be, well, you know, I didn't really betray him just because I didn't help. No, but you know what? You go and say, God bless you to so-and-so, yet you don't have a dollar to feed him? You say, God bless you. Oh, Lord, you pray in front of people. Lord, show me how to serve. Show me where to serve. I, I want whatever you need, Lord. I want to be there. And God sends you. Old man withers. I don't know. <laughs> Odyssey. Now, old man withers needs to move out of his house. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. A person has an actual need. Hey, I don't have food in my house. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to take my kids to McDonald's, but I'm going to pray for you. You know, all these years of ministry, I've seen all these types of behavior. And even then they would anger me and I would see these things. But I, today I was really pondering in the sense that though we may do certain things to each other, though we, we, we may mistreat each other and, and be very hypocritical with, I love you, brother, and not show that love right through action the way we want to be loved. But we're really doing it against Jesus. You know, for, for those that are married and, you know, the wife goes somewhere. And you know what? Nowadays, sometimes it's the wife and it's not the husband. So let's just say spouse goes off somewhere. The other spouse is looking for what they can watch to gratify themselves. Yeah. You're maybe betraying your wife, but you're actually betraying Jesus. Because you might get away with her not knowing. Jesus knows. You know, there's certain things that we allow. We say, oh, we're Christian. We love Christ. But there's certain things that we allow in our lives that, that really show that we're more for the other guy. Judas-like behavior. Because though we can hide it from each other, we can't hide it from Christ. And when we sin, we don't sin against each other in a sense. We sin against Christ. And yes, we may sin against each other. But ultimately, it is a lash and a nail in Christ, not in us. Because we claim, we claim that he has covered that. And in that, we should feel a sense of, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, we do it anyways. And it's funny because, not that we can, but it's not like we're trying to hide it from God. We're trying to hide it from brethren who, who hey, humans, uh, Jesus said it himself, the, the humans cannot condemn to hell. <laughs> he can. Right? He can. You go against him, it's either him or the opposite. We can trick each other. We can do whatever to each other. We're not the ones that do the condemning. In fact, we're condemning ourselves. But see, we sit back and we look at characters like Judas. And it's easy to point out what he did wrong. But what I'm telling every single human being who is going to hear this, you know, probably when I started talking about how we tend to be Judas's, that's probably when they turn the tape off. <laughs> wow, I showed my age. I said tape. The uh, X button on the computer? No. Either way, maybe that's when I lost everyone. So now what I wanted to say is let's look for 
that plank in our eyes. Let's look for that before we try to remove the speck from others. And shoot, sometimes if you remove the plank out of your eye, you can see the boulder in someone else's. Because that's the thing. Yes, there are a lot of people who are worse than you. But sin is sin to Christ. The smallest to the biggest, it's all the same. It's still against God. It's a stain is a stain. So protect yourself from the Judases. But don't take it personal to the point where you allow that to get into the midst of your relationship with Christ. But also, and most importantly, look within yourself. I mean, there, can, this is something I want you guys to think of, right? And this is why I'm talking about us checking ourselves. How many times did Jesus say to Judas, you're going to betray me, you're going to betray me, you're going to betray me, and it like went over his head? Shoot, when Jesus mentioned that one of them were, was going to betray him, they all, including Judas, said, is it I? And Jesus told them right there, it is you. And he still missed it. He still thought he got away with it. And that's the thing with sin in our own lives. We sit around, we do something wrong, and because all of a sudden we got an extra measure of grace and there was no punishment in the sense we feel like we got away with it, and instead of saying, oh, man, you really let me slide on that one. Oh, man, I am so grateful. I, I, I feel bad because I, I sinned against you, right? I sinned against you. I feel bad. Let me, let me not do that again. Not because I'm afraid of what, what can happen the next time, but because even originally I didn't want to. But I gave in, and I fell short. Now I need to pick myself up and be better. But no, the idea and the mentality is, and this is how religions are started and cults are started. Oh, wait, I got away with that? Huh. I really enjoyed that. I got away with it. Nothing really happened. No one saw it. Maybe I can do it again and again and again and again and again. And hey, it's a part of it. And and I know you are, well, how are cults and religions? Blah, 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 blah. There's a church out there. And I kid you not, I kid you not. I'm not going to swear on anything. I'm told not to swear. Either way, there is a Christian religion where between husband and wife, the husband is allowed to discipline his wife. And by discipline is spank. This is encouraged by the pastors and the church and the elders and the congregants and everything. The husband can spank his wife. Wives in, are okay with it. Husbands are okay with it. So they have a group. They have, you know, their congregants, their, their church. And... Um, you know, that's a part of how wives are disciplined. They get spanked by their husbands. And it's interesting because as, as you read into this and different stories or whatever, there's women in there that obviously do something wrong, so they get a, you know, a little spanking here and there. You know, it's deviance. Yet they call themselves a church. Yet they run like a church. You see? Something you can get away with, you think it's okay, you start doing it in like a ball of fire that, that sin is, it starts burning everything around you. Or, you know, Jesus described it as leaven, right? Put a little leaven in bread and all of a sudden, poof, it all poofs up, it's taken over. Just a little bit of leaven, it's all you need. And then it becomes massive. So again... Check within yourself. And if you, listen, find yourself in a place right now, whoever may be listening to this, if you find yourself in a place right now and you are sitting there and you're saying, yeah, yeah, there, there, there's some characteristics in me. You know, 
there it's it's been years it's been moments it's been days it's been just a little bit but you see that hypocrisy in you right you see that betrayal in you and you you recognize that you self-check that it's not the end of the world for you it's not even judas had the opportunity to ask for forgiveness even judas had a chance to repent what do you think all those warnings were what do you think you think that judas can stand before god and say i didn't know i didn't know you knew what do you mean he told you like he to your face he told you to your face yeah he mentioned it over and over and over again like you were given the opportunity man so what i'm telling you is now's the perfect opportunity for you to turn this off pause it whatever you want to do and go talk to god go bring that before him he already knows and you're not telling him anything new it's not like when we're little and we did something behind our parents back and now we we the, our conscience got the best of us now we got to go tell him and it's like or no but i no he knows the conversation really should start something like yo um god we all know we all know i am a sinner but it's no excuse and i know you know what i did and i'm even uncomfortable speaking to you god about this but here it goes talk to him ask for strength ask for something for, for something in you to change because you want to honor him or do what Judas did. And here's the thing. Judas tried to give the money back, supposedly, right? He went back, he threw the money, he said, this man's innocent. But you know who he didn't, he didn't go to? He didn't go to Christ. He went back to them, the ones that were plotting with him. So what did Judas need to do? He needed to go to Christ. We need to go to Christ. And like Judas, don't wait till it's too late. See, because once Christ was killed, it's too late. Oh, but, 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 but he, you know, Jesus forgives all things. And if you repent, yeah, but there's a time where time runs out and there is no repentance. You've thrown away mercy. You know, I, I've always found it interesting when uh, atheists want to make fun of Christians. They say, well, I'll live the life that I want. And when I'm about to die, the last minute. I'll say, God, forgive me. And he's going to forgive me, and I go to heaven. And when I was a young Christian, I, I didn't know what to do with that because, you know, Bible teaches us that if we honestly go to Christ and ask for forgiveness, that, you know, he's going to forgive us. If we repent, that there is mercy. But then I came to realize when someone's heart is set on something, like Judas's was, all the signs of those roads that we needed to get off on. You know, that big stop sign that says, stop, turn here, or you're going to die. We miss those. And then we, we forget that God is all-knowing and knows when we're being sincere or not, or when we're trying to get away with something, and God's not stupid. Then I didn't know what to say. Now I'm, I've had enough relationship with Christ to know that um, I can't trick the guy. I can't. I can't pull a fast one on him. He's all knowing. You know, sovereign hand, like in control of all things. Nothing I can do. He gave me free will and I squandered it. And I thank God that his mercy and his love and all these things that are his character 
are the reason why there's even salvation for a wretched man as me. But I know my relationship with Christ came from a lot of repenting and a lot of wanting to change. Just like I wanted to make my father, my carnal father, my human father, if you want to call him that, uh, proud of me, and I did everything possible to make him proud of me. God has done so much more, same and more. Why don't I want to make him proud, huh? But I do. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But I can't hear that if at the same time I'm behaving as Judas. Oh, well, we shouldn't, you know, call ourselves Judas and this. And this isn't, listen, this isn't a whole reformist Calvinist thing uh, where, you know, oh, I'm a wretched man, beat me up, blah, 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 or like the Catholics that beat themselves literally with whips. Okay, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault, right? This isn't that. But this is being honest with yourselves and knowing that there is mercy, knowing that there is grace, okay? Oh, we're all wretched men. This isn't what that is. But we do need to check within ourselves all the things that we have that are wrong, that the old man is still trying to hold on to. You know, the old man that's supposed to be dead in the new creation, right? We got baptized. That was the symbol uh, that we were showing everyone else that we're reborn. You know, the old man has died. Right, let's live that out. We, we search to see if there's anything old left. Right, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. You need that new work in you. Every day should be a working progress. And if you feel like you're stagnant and you're not growing and your relationship with Christ isn't progressing, check. What part of Judas did you leave behind? And that's the thing. Let's stop looking at Judas as a person outside of the church. Judas was a part of the disciples. He was mentioned as the 12. Throughout scriptures, plenty of times he tricked his brethren. They didn't even know. They were so worried about their own things. They didn't even pay attention to him. And he got away with so much. Not that Jesus didn't know. But see, even Jesus didn't punish him and punish him and punish him and punish him. There's this one line in a movie. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure they're not the ones that wrote it and they got it from somewhere. But it's the sense of, so a man says to a woman, you've followed God your whole life. You've, you've done this for God. You've served. You've done all these things and look at you. You know, she was going through illnesses. She was going through horrible things. And he says, I lied, cheat, stole, did all the horrible things. All the, the what, what is it that people call those things? The, um, not the original sin, the uh, seven deadly sins and yada, yada, yada. I did all these things and look at my life. It's perfect. And then the response, which no one expected her to have a sound response, the response was, Sometimes, you know, you're sitting in a jail cell and, you know, the facade is, is that you're in paradise, but you're really in a jail. And the door's open. You can leave anytime, anytime. But eventually that door closes. That facade of paradise, you actually tend to see that it's not paradise. It's not perfection. It's actually the hell that you chose to stay in. You were a prisoner because you wanted to be a prisoner to sin. And you chose to stay in your sin. Well, now it's too late. You can't get out. The door is closed. Judas's door closed. Make sure that our door doesn't close. If we are in the cell. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to stumble. There is a difference between people who stumble, okay, and people who are living in sin. So, again, don't read into anything if you feel offended because, uh, hey, listen, we all have things in our lives that need to change. But don't get offended. Don't get mad. 
what you need to do is search within yourself, see what is the, you know, and listen, stumbling, we're going to stumble, and there's things we have to ask for, you know. Oh, I, I, uh, I cursed somebody out. I uh, got so angry, I kicked something and broke it, and it didn't belong to me. Like, all, all the little things that we do throughout the day that are like, uh, okay, that's that. But when you're living in it, you're choosing to continue the sin. Okay. You've given in to the sin. You've given yourself up to it. It's living in it. That's literally the definition of living in sin. You're choosing that sin over God. And when you do that, you put yourself in a cell. And you may feel like you're getting away with it. You may feel like, hey, I'm, everything's perfect. You're in a cell. Doors open. Better get out before it closes. So, I guess the question and the title for all this is, is there any Judas-like character in you? Is there things in your life that you need to remove? Do so. And when you see Judas working among, around you, first off, don't think you're better. But if you bring it to light and they choose to stay in it, run. Don't stick around. You know how many people, right? This is going to be the last story I tell you. It's disgusting. But, so, there was a man. And this man, when he started doing ministry, there was, there was a gift. There was a gift. It was amazing. I was never really around for it, so I don't really know if it was or wasn't. But supposedly that gift was amazing. It was so on point. This man, this interesting, was given credit for growing one of the biggest churches in the East Coast. They gave him the credit. Not God. God didn't feel it. It was the gift that God gave him. It was this man, this, this tool of God's, right? That's what it was supposed to sound like, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't God. It was this man. And it got to his head. He was untouchable. The senior pastor didn't see anything. For over 10 years, he was living a double life. Man, there was another pastor. But either way, so the, this church was known for people living in sin, and no one knew because they were too blinded by doing their own things. But either way, so this guy was living in sin. Blatantly, everyone in the eldership, everyone knew. Everyone. But they didn't say anything because then that gift has to go too. And that gift is what's filling their pockets and filling those seats. So they thought. So they ignored it. They ignored it, and they ignored it. And once it got around to the whole church, and thousands of people kind of knew, okay, where they really suspected it, because this sin was blatant in front of everyone. It was to the point where he was getting away with it so much that he was doing it in broad daylight in front of everybody, and he didn't care. Because his boss, the senior pastor, not Jesus, not God, his boss, the senior pastor, was going to ignore it. So he was like, all right, what's the sense of hiding it? I'm going to just do it out in the light. It's not like he ain't going to do nothing about it because he's my fan. But it got to the point where the senior was like, yo, I, I can't ignore this. I can't cover for you. I can't do this. And that person went and started another church. And he was allowed by his overseer, 
He was allowed to go and start another church. And when that church started growing, that's when the senior pastor decided to say, whoa, 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 you're living in sin and I'm calling you out. Because there was competition. But while there was no competition, he didn't care. While he was filling his seats, he didn't care. Judas was right there in his face. And he enjoyed his company because of how it benefited him. How many of those people are around you? Blatantly living in sin, doing what you know is against God, but you enjoy their company or you benefit from their company and you keep them around. You got to get rid of those influences. You got to get rid of those people. And I'm telling you, this church, for some particular reason, they missed a lot of things. If they needed you, they missed a lot of things. And that's not the only church. Judases are everywhere. But don't look for them outside. Look for them within. And when you see that, run. Run. Don't allow that because eventually you're going to get caught into that same fire. And you're not going to blame it on your stupidity for allowing yourself to get caught up in the drama. You're going to take that out on Christ. And this is what this whole show is about. It's, yeah, this, this is no good. But this, me, him, I can't allow anything to get in between our relationship, me and Christ. And I don't want anyone to do the same. So here's your warning. Check within. Make sure there's no influence of it around you. Because sometimes we see other people get away with things and we're like, well, he's gotten away with it. Why can't I? Or certain conversations we get into all of a sudden start leading to certain things. Either way. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of whatever moment it is that you watch this afterwards. I am tired. I'm going hunting in the morning. Wish me luck. God bless you. Thank you for dropping by. Please remember to subscribe, to share, like, and to catch the next one.